0: The reading is Psalm 150 and can be found on page 634 in the Red Bibles. We also have Bibles in other languages and versions available at the back, and page numbers for those are on the screen. Praise the Lord! Praise God in His sanctuary! Praise Him in His mighty heavens! Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with a harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, Tricia, for reading that. Do keep that psalm open in front of you if you have it, as we consider it together. If you're not there, my name is Richard. I'm one of the curates here, fairly newly here. Uh, So if if you're new here, then uh, it'd be lovely to meet you. We can uh, enjoy being new together. If you've been here a long time, it'd be lovely to meet you. Uh, You can show me around the place. And uh, I have to say, this isn't the weather I thought I was signing up for when I agreed to come to Manchester, so uh, let's keep this going for a while, shall we? Uh, As we come to this psalm, let's pray together. Our Father, we've prayed already in this service that you would cleanse our lips, that we may speak your word. Father, please would that be true for me. Uh, Please, uh, weak as I am and ignorant and foolish and sinful as I am, would you use my lips to speak your word. And Father, I praise that not just for myself, but for us as a congregation, that especially words of praise that we speak, as this psalm calls us to praise the Lord, please would the words that we speak be ones that are true, that are honouring to you, that are yours. Please do your, that work in us, through this psalm, by your Spirit. Amen. The famous hymn Amazing Grace has the verse that says, When we've been there, heaven, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing his praise than when we first begun. I wonder instinctively, kind of gut level, what's your reaction to that? We have 10,000 years of singing and we're just getting started. Some of us are never happier than when we're singing. Some of us really don't like it that much. That's the reality. Some of us have had lots of experience in uh, choirs and professional training even. Some of us feel completely tone deaf and useless. Some of us, when it comes to gathering in church, we love the idea that our voice contributes to a a choir, a makeshift choir, as we sing together praises to the Lord. And some of us just feel awkward and self-conscious. And what if the person in front of me hears When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing his praise than when we first begun. How do you react to that? And it's not just the singing part of it, It it's no less days to sing his praise. We live in a world where so many things are overhyped. Uh, on the internet especially, I, I think you notice it. there's so many articles and websites and social media feeds that want a bit of your attention. That everything on the internet, I'm sure you've noticed, is, is awesome, hilarious, weird, amazing. And occasionally you click through and it's kind of, it's kind of fine. <laughs> and is there a part of you, like there's a part of me, that that sometimes wonders that about the Lord? Will we really have 10,000 years worth of praise in us? Could the Lord really be that exciting? Might it be that after, you know, a few thousand years, we start to sort of, the, 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 the what's the word, the, the shimmer dies away. You know, that kind of newness dies away, and we start to, is it possible we would start to feel slightly ho-hum? Maybe that's just me that's one of those sort of things. Psalm 150, uh, which we're looking at this evening, will tell us you cannot Overhype the God of the Bible. You cannot overpraise this Lord. You cannot overpraise this Lord. Through our Sunday evenings in August, we've been looking at these last five Psalms of the Book of Psalms in the Bible. They begin and end. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. That's what we've been thinking about. The call to us to praise the Lord. And this last one focuses especially on what we do when we come together and when we sing. You see, unlike some of the other psalms, there's nothing in here where it's praise the Lord, O my soul. There's no address here to an individual, to praise the Lord. It's us, all of us together, praise the Lord. And in this psalm, I mean, you'll have heard it. We read the the trumpet, the harp, the lyre, tambourine, dancing strings, pipe, clash of cymbals, resounding cymbals. This psalm is about music. This is about what we do when we come together, and we sing. And in that context, this psalm will tell us, "Praise the Lord, you cannot overpraise this Lord." I, I, want, to, I want us to see at five reasons in this psalm that you can't overpraise this Lord, and then uh, three suggestions from this psalm when our, the reality of our praise doesn't match what it should be. three suggestions that might help us. If that sounds like an 8.7, we're going to go fast, don't worry, it'll be fine. Here we go. Five reasons that you cannot overpraise this Lord. Firstly, the question of where he's praised. Psalm one hundred and fifty, verse one: Praise the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary, praise God in His mighty heavens. Where is God to be praised? Praise God in His sanctuary. In the Old Testament, that's the temple. That's where people come together. It's where people gather for worship. You track it forward to New Testament times. Certainly, one at ap- one. Connection is what we do here when we gather together, when we praise the Lord together, which often feels weak and strange and odd and out of step with the culture around us. And it is in lots of ways out of step with the culture around us, but praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens. See, what happens in the gathering of God's people, the praise of the Lord there. When you zoom out and look in the scale of the universe, it's completely normal because it's what's happening in the mighty heavens. If right now you could click your fingers with some sort of you know, TARDIS and jump in a TARDIS and, and go to heaven and see what's going on, you would see beings there, angels, archangels, a cherubim, a seraphim. You'd see beings there like the ones we heard in Isaiah 6, so glorious, so beautiful, so amazing, so worshipful that you would bow down and worship them. In Revelation, later in the Bible, John has a vision of heaven, that's what he does. And the angel says to him, Stop it, you idiot! Stop it! Worship God. These beings in heaven, in the mighty heavens, who are who would be so astonishing to us. They spend all their time worshiping the Lord. Because he is so much greater. You can't overpraise this Lord. That's where he's praised. Why is he praised? Verse 2. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. And if you'd read through the book of Psalms or sung through the book of Psalms to this point, you'd have heard plenty about the Lord's acts of power and his surpassing greatness. You'd have heard plenty about the Lord as creator of the universe. You'd have heard plenty of how the Lord came to his people and delivered them and saved them and gave them life. We praise the Lord for that. Of course, as Christians, we look back to the cross where the Lord Jesus came and did that for us. Just listen to some of the lines that we sung. This is just things I took from last week's services, morning and evening. Here are some of the things we sung last week. His perfect love will never change and his mercies never cease, but follow us through all our days with a certain hope of peace. Your grace that reaches far and wide to every tribe and nation has called my heart to enter in the joy of your salvation. Alas, and did my Saviour bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for sinners, such as I? For the King, once lifted high to cries of rage, of crucify, endured the cross as every sin was laid on the Son. To the King, who conquered death to free the poor and the oppressed, for lasting peace, for life and liberty in the Son. We praise the Lord for his acts of salvation. You can't over-praise this Lord, not when you consider what he's done for his people. Thirdly, how is the Lord praised? Verse 3, praise him. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. That's a list of, in ancient Israel, the, the, the full range of musical instruments that are available. You've got there the, the things that were used in ornate, sort of civic ceremonies, the, the things that would be played when the, the king or the queen walked in. You've got things that were played in war. You've got things that were played by sort of villagers around the Camp 5. You've got things that were played by children. It's the full range of instruments being brought together because no one of them can capture fully the Lord and who he is and, and, and how he's to be praised if uh, this psalm was being written today, it would say, perhaps, praise him with the organ and the electric guitar, praise him with the Royal Philharmonic uh, Symphony Orchestra, uh, and with the teenagers who are forming a garage band. Uh, praise him, the opera conductor and the chopstick piano player. Uh, praise him, the, the bass tuba. Praise him, the kazoo. It's all kinds of musical instruments. The, the whole range of human creativity is needed to even get a, a glimpse Of how worthy of praise the Lord is. You can't overpraise this Lord. And then who praises him? Verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Which we've heard in earlier Psalms the idea of the sort of animals are praising the Lord. I think mainly here because this is a Psalm about what we do when we're together, this is a Psalm about when we sing. I think it's saying that those who have breath, let like those who can sing, let people praise the Lord. But you see, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. This is for the nations. As you see that through the Psalms, the, the praise of the Lord is to be sung not just in the temple, not just in Israel, but among the nations, to, to call the nations to join us in praising the Lord. These are praises that would be sung everywhere. Did anyone remember those old uh, HSBC adverts? Uh, HSBC, the world's local bank, I think that was their tag. Other financial services are available, but uh, HSBC had those adverts saying, you know, we understand local customs. I remember one of them. Uh, I learned from that advert that in various parts of the world, to hold your palm up to someone like this would be sort of gravely offensive. And you, know, you need to know that if you're starting a local bank in another culture, you need to. Know. And you can imagine, you know, some young employee of the bank, you know, just says, uh, "Wait there for a moment." And someone comes up and whispers to him, "No, no, no, you, no, no, you shouldn't do that here. That's not appropriate here. We don't do that here. You shouldn't do that. That will never be true with the praise of the Lord." Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Everyone from every nation is called to praise the Lord. There's no place you could go in the world, there's no country, no city, no home, no building that you could go to where the praise of the Lord would be inappropriate. Where when you say praise the Lord, someone should come along and say, we shouldn't do that here. There are places where people might say that, but nowhere where they should. This is a call to everyone to praise the Lord. You can't overpraise this Lord. And then finally, when? When is the Lord praised? Run out of verses in the Psalms. That's uh, deliberate. As we come to the end of this Psalm, we come to the end of the Book of Psalms. That's where Psalm 150 sits. And the Book of Psalms, it is—it's a real mixed bag. Beautiful, soaring uh, hymns of joy, of praise, of delight, and then gut-wrenching, agonising lament. Side by side, because that's human life. The moments of beauty and joy and wonder and the moments of grief and pain and loss and confusion. That is the story of human life. It's the story of the book of Psalms. But the psalm ends here. The book of Psalms ends here. Five psalms. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. One one writer on this psalm says, you can sum it up like this. The end is music the end is music. And so whatever our experiences of the Christian life, the end is music. Whatever the church's experience of, of life in this world and wherever there's pressure and pain and oppression and persecution, the end is music. Because for eternity, this Lord will be praised. For his acts of salvation, for delivering us, for bringing us home. You can't overpraise this Lord. You can't overpraise this Lord. But you can, and I suspect we often do under-praise him. This is the Lord who's worthy of uh, eternal, infinite praise and delight and joy and. I, I don't know where you think you are on that uh, spectrum. But often, often we'll find we under-praise him. We, there are things that we know are true, but our experience of worship and our, our expression of worship and praise is, is limp. Let me offer three suggestions from this psalm. Uh, or at least three things this psalm's got me uh, thinking that might help uh, help us to, to grow in the praise of the Lord that we can't overpraise. First, Back in verse 2. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Even though the book of Psalms ends with these calls again and again, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, it's never a mindless repetition. It's never just uh, singing. It's never just the music and the experience of that. There's content to it. Praise the Lord for... For who he is, for what he's done. One thing that someone said to me uh, a few years ago that I found helpful: uh, if we're following along, words on a screen, uh, it can be helpful. I found this helpful. This might not work for you, probably with a song that you're familiar with, or it just get confusing. But to have a look and sort of try and try and take in a line, the the next one we're going to sing, and then look away from the screen, and. I sing it and then look at the screen again and take a line and look away. It means that rather than the words just going sort of straight in my eye and instantly out my mouth, they come in my eye and just sort of sit in my brain for a few seconds and then I sing them. It's a way of trying just to to notice, to concentrate, to fix on the words that I I can often miss. I can often sing a song and then sit down and think, what was that about? It might, might be helpful. A second suggestion. Verse 4, praising with tambourine and dancing. I don't know how you felt uh, again when that was uh, read and whether you thought we'd, we'd managed to gloss over it and all was well. Uh, some of us might, might uh, be thinking that. I mean, uh, a couple of comments on what uh, dancing is here. Uh, first, I don't think the dancing that the psalm has in mind is what first come to my mind. Uh, it seems to me, as, as I've tried to to understand what was going on. Uh, this is the kind of dancing that doesn't draw attention to any individual. But it's a more sort of corporate, a more communal thing. That there is that there's movement, sure, but it's a, a thing we're doing together. Uh, it is uh, this, this phrase, with tambourine and dancing. That's a pair that comes together a few times in the Old Testament. I, I imagine it is a kind of, it's a, it's a more local, you know, you've got your tambourine and you're kind of, you're moving. It's not It's not, you know, necessarily a, a huge thing. It's not drawing attention to individuals. And, of course, it is a, it's It's going to be culturally different in different places. You wouldn't expect a church in this country in this year to, for the, the worship and the praise to look like it did in ancient Israel or as it does in modern-day Nairobi or modern-day Beijing or anything like that. Most of these instruments, we don't actually know what they are anymore. They're translated with words that we're familiar with, but they'd have been different uh, than the ones we know. And yet, and yet the book of Psalms has lots in it calling us in our experience of praise, in our expression of praise, to use our bodies. The Psalms call us in worship to kneel, to lift our hands, to clap, to shout, to dance, to stand, to bow. And I wonder if some of our, for some of us who are nervous about that, whether some of our nervousness comes because we've bought into the line that's around us in the culture that, that what happens inside my head is really the only thing that matters. That I'm a brain on a stick. And so what I do with my body is it's pretty irrelevant. But it seems to me in reality, what we do with our bodies affects us. It shapes us. It forms us. It seems to me there's, there's a difference. Uh, in, in my experience primarily... Of singing a little bit like this God of wonders beyond our galaxy you are ho- that that might have a slightly different feeling for me than singing God of wonders beyond our galaxy it might I have a friend actually a pastor who uh, says he only puts his hands in the air when he's singing when he doesn't want to sing On the days when it's a bad day, he's grumpy, I don't know, it's hot, he's tired, the kids have been annoying, whatever it is. On the days where he doesn't want to sing, that's where he puts his hands in the air because he needs something to wake him up, to remind him that no, this Lord is worthy of praise, this Lord can't be overpraised. On the days where he feels like singing, he just gets on with it. On the days he doesn't want to, that's when his hands go in the air because he needs to do something to remind himself that what he's singing is true. I want it. It'll look different. It'll look different for different of us. Uh, culturally it'll look different, background experience, all kinds of things. Uh, but maybe, maybe actually the use of our bodies in praise would uh, help us to engage more with the realities that we're singing, with the Lord that we're praising. Our last, uh, last song this evening, it's one with a bit of a beat. Uh, a few of us, maybe all of us, I don't know, but at least a few of us are going to be clapping in the choruses. If, if you... If you're a clapper and you're not sure if you're allowed to, tonight you're definitely allowed to. Uh, if you've always kind of wondered, you yeah, have a go. Uh, if you don't want to, don't. That's fine. Uh, but some of us will be clapping. Just see. Just see if that experience of something a little bit approaching dance that helps us engage with the Lord. Finally, third suggestion. Uh, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That's where this psalm finishes, verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And one of the striking things It seems to me about this psalm is most of the instruments that are are listed don't need breath to play them. There's the trumpet, there's the pipe, but apart from that there's lots of things that, well I guess it helps, I'm no musician, I guess it helps for your breathing when you play, but you don't particularly need your breath to play them. Why does it end with let everyone, everything that has breath praise the Lord? I think it's a call to sing. Because again, I'm no musician, no physician, but I I gather you need breath to sing. Because for all that we appreciate what the musicians do up here, for all that they, they lead us and direct us and guide us and stir us and move us, the primary instrument of Christian praise, of Christian worship happens here. It is, it's the voice. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And so whatever you your kind of personal taste, whatever you like or don't like about the, the particular arrangements of music on any particular Sunday evening. Do you make the most of enjoying the, the voices that are around you, hearing voices who are praising the Lord. And conversely, and I know different of us feel different about this and there's, there's awkwardnesses, and, but could I encourage you to, to let others enjoy your voice? Whether you think it's a particularly enjoyable voice or not, this is a Lord who can't be overpraised. If we went around and thought, uh, someone over there is slightly flat, you know, let's turn the, turn the volume down on them, or you know someone over here is just it's slightly distracting, let's turn the volume down, that would be to diminish the Lord's praise. The Lord can't be overpraised. He brings together all of human creativity, all of the instruments, the whole ensemble comes together. Some of them might be off-key. that's fine. There is a huge enjoyment. In hearing sisters and brothers together praising the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. This Lord, this Lord cannot be overpraised. What we do here on a Sunday evening, a Sunday morning, it is a small glimpse, a small token of what is happening in the heavens, of what will happen in the new heavens and the new earth forever. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, there's no more risk of overpraise than when we first begun. We'll never get there. We'll never get to a point of thinking, maybe we should do something else. Not when we see the Lord. This Lord cannot be overpraised. And this psalm coming at the end of this book of Psalms tells us that the end is music. Let's pray together. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Father, you know our experiences of praise and you know the you know those of us who come here this evening with an eagerness to praise you who because of the circumstances of our life or because of the things we've seen of you in the scriptures, we come longing and ready and full of praise. And you know those of us who find it hard. Who we look at the, the realities of life and we we find it hard to praise you. We look at, at the world around us that mocks you and mocks us and we find it hard to praise you. Father, please would you let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Please would you grow in us a a delight in you, a a conviction that you cannot be overpraised. And please would our praise, please would our singing on a Sunday be increasingly and increasingly and increasingly pleasing to you. Please would it be increasingly fitting and right and proper and appropriate and And would it grow and and be, be larger and more expansive as we see more of who you are? Father, please would you teach us to praise the Lord. And please would you keep us doing it until that day when we see you and when the end is music. Amen.